So, how many of you have been here for our Momentum series at all this month? Quite a few of us, yeah. Um, It's been amazing for me. It's been challenging for me, to be honest. Uh, Lyle made a statement at the very first of our Momentum series, which was, Momentum is not supposed to be seasonal. Momentum is a moment that is supposed to create a lifestyle, and momentum always continues. And to be honest, when he said that, I was like, I believe you because you're my husband and because you're always right. (laughs) I mean, if you lived with him, I mean, he's just always right. He's so good at life. But... I was like, I don't know if I really believe that because in my own experience also, yeah, I need some hairspray. So if anybody has some, just bring it on up. (laughs) Um, But I, I honestly was like, I don't know if I believe that experientially because I'm pretty sure that I've had seasons of my life where I have not been experiencing momentum. Anybody else? Yeah. Maybe some of you, that's today, where you're like, I dragged my butt out of bed, and I came to church, not with the momentum of the Holy Ghost, but because I knew there would be free coffee. So if that's you, welcome, this sermon's for you. Because we've all been there. So this morning, I want to talk about what I'm calling the mystery of momentum, the mystery, that like really foggy point of momentum where it feels like the opposite of momentum, where it feels like I don't really understand what's going on because I'm stuck and I'm not experiencing momentum. And this morning, I want, I'm going to let you know at the front end, my goal is by the end of this message today, you are convinced that you are not stuck that momentum is actually still happening in your life and that you are primed and ready for breakthrough. So that is my goal. I'm letting you know that up front. But before we get to the end, let's start at the beginning. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We adore your presence. Without you, we have nothing. With you, we have access to everything. So Jesus, this morning, we ask that you would reach inside of our hearts, that you would mold us, that you would fashion us, that you would change us into your image this morning, that as we learn more about who you are, God, that we would become more like you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So this morning, I have a lot of scripture for you. Um, It, I... I wanted to read the whole story because the way that the author writes it is a lot better than the way that I could tell the story. Um, So if you could, let's turn to Exodus 14. We're going to start in verse 8, and we're going to be reading off and on all the way down to 27 just to emotionally prepare you for all the Bible. That's going to happen. It'll be up here behind me so you can read along. You don't have to read along out loud, though, because it's a lot. It's a lot of scripture. So we're going to jump into this story. Obviously, um, Exodus 14 is the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. So basically, the Israelites for generations have been enslaved, mistreated, misused. And there are, are kids, 
parents, whole generations who have never known anything other than slavery. And they have finally been released. They've been set free. So we're going to meet them in the story here as they approach the shoreline of the Red Sea. So we're going to start in verse 8, and it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel, Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, overtook them and camped as they were encamped by the sea. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we, what we said to you in Egypt? Just leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. I mean, if you recall, you know, I, I, love this, I love this moment here in this scripture because the Israelites are having a super human moment. So they've like come, the Lord has miraculously delivered them from Egypt. So people that never thought that they would live as anything other than slaves have been miraculously delivered from Egypt. As they're going, they're like so excited. They're like the blood on the doorpost. I kept my kids. We're out of Egypt. And then all of a sudden they're like, didn't we tell you it'd just be better if we stayed in Egypt? And I mean, to be honest, I bet you anything Moses was like, this is so awkward. I mean, he was probably really upset because he had given his whole life. I mean, he had surrendered his dignity, everything, just to see these people set free. And they're like, oh my gosh, the, the Egyptians, they're approaching us and we should have just stayed with them. And Moses said to the people in verse 13, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Amen. So what happens when it feels like momentum in our lives leads us to a place where there's pressing or there is like a full stop? What do we do? Because would you agree with me that the presence of God led the people of Israel to the edge of the, the Red Sea? Would you also agree with me that the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh as he pursued them? Yes. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. So what do we do? What do we do in that moment? Because I think a lot of times we, in our very human, you know, mindsets, we, we kind of are like, oh, no, like this is, this is an attack. Right. And totally. But it's not unto nothing. Like, there, there is something in the midst of it. So what do we do? What do we do? My proposal to you this morning is that the Spirit of God has an element of surprise in it. The Holy Spirit is what reveals to us um, kind of like... it. 
It helps us to, to understand the ways of God. Does that make sense? Like the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we could understand the ways of God. And yet there are still so many times where we have no idea what he's doing. And I think that we get sometimes confused in the midst of that, me included. I don't know any of you, definitely me, get confused in the midst of those moments. And I'm like, oh, no, like I'm right pressed up against a hard season and it's attack. But I'm not able to quite understand that this is actually for my benefit and that God is really, really smart. He's a lot smarter than we are, and he's able to form and fashion things in such a way that what is an attack for us ultimately is just an opportunity for victory. You know, like, just an opportunity for victory in our lives. That we forget really, really fast when we're pressed up against tough seasons or it seems like we've come to the edge of our own personal Red Sea, that God always wins, He never loses. He always wins. And he's setting you up for that same kind of experience. With God, we always win. So let's continue in verse 21. Let's see how the story ends up. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind that blew all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on the right and the left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, all of Pharaoh's, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning, the the morning watch of the Lord and the pillar of fire and the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw them into a panic. So the presence of God that was resting there, um, I don't know if you remember this, but just to provide a little context, there was a pillar of fire at night and smoke during the daytime that was separating the army of the Egyptians from the, the Israelites. And as it was the presence of God and it was there creating a boundary between, you know, the Israelites, the Egyptians. The Egyptians could see the Israelites, but they could not get to them. So just keep that in mind. So that presence threw the Egyptians into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Verse 26, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch your hand out over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course. When the, moving, when the morning appeared and as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. So, Picture that you're, they're walking through, the, the Egyptians feel the presence of God lift away, and so they begin to go and attack the, um, you know, the people of God. So they think, what the Egyptians think is that they are about to overtake the Israelites, and they're going to take them back as prisoners. But, and the Israelites, to be honest, think the same thing. 
So they're standing there, they're walking through, you know, they've experienced this miraculous moment with God and they're like, we're going through, but I don't really understand this because I still feel pressed behind me. I still feel the Egyptians coming after me. And this morning, I mean, I would, to be honest this week, I, in the most honest sense, of me being able to share this. I have had one of these weeks where I felt like, okay, God, I see what's happening in front of me, but I feel the pressing of something like behind me. I don't know, have you guys ever had that experience? And I felt the Lord remind me, I am in the midst of the tension. I'm in the midst of the pressing. And in fact, what we think what I thought was a moment for momentum to be halted was actually a moment for momentum to be almost increased, like it propels you. Have you ever had those experiences with God where you completely fall, you feel like you fall flat on your face, but somehow you stand up and you trust him more? Have you ever had those moments like where you literally run smack dab into like the end of yourself and then you stand up and you realize that he's still right there? So that is the mystery. That is the tension. What, what is that when it feels like all of heaven has abandoned you, yet all of heaven is like cheering you on and is right behind you and is like, go for it. And you're like, I'm literally looking at a red sea. I don't even know where to go. What's the temptation to do? What would you do in that moment? I mean, I would just stop, to be honest. I mean, I would probably set up like a little camp with like a really nice fire. It would keep me really warm. And I would make sure my family was like all around me. And I'd be like, well, I guess this is where we're living. Like, I don't see any way out of this one. Hopefully, like that presence stays in between me and that, you know, Egyptian army. But like, that's me. That's me. I'm like, I give up. Like, I don't know. I just have those moments. And I know you do too because we're all humans, but where you feel that pressing and like your first response is like, oh no, the momentum has stopped. The momentum has stopped. But if you can for a moment get the bird's eye perspective of the presence that was there, like if you were with God in the cloud, you know, as morning came and he lifted and he was peering over the whole situation and he could see beginning from end, what was God thinking about? He was having a great time. And the reason he was having a great time was because he knew that when the Israelites made it through to the other side, that not only was he going to let them continue on in their momentum, but that he was going to destroy everything that had hindered them from freedom. Sometimes we have these opportunities, these moments with God where we can surrender to walking through the middle of the Red Sea without knowing. I mean, let's be honest. The Israelites didn't know at that moment 
that the Lord was going to bring the, the sea back onto the Egyptian army. They were just walking through because they just trusted God and they trusted Moses. They trusted, you know, their family members and they were like, if they're going, I'm going, so let's just go because God made a way in the midst of something that, you know, seemed like there was no way because that's just God, you know, and they're like, okay, I'm walking through, but they're coming too because they had that moment where the spirit, you know, the cloud it lifted and it let the army through so what are you like what are you doing you've been in that moment think of that moment like think of it okay like I'm walking through but it feels like it's still coming after me so I found that with momentum after doing my own research because like I said at the beginning I didn't really believe Lyle when he said that it was a moment that should last like that should become a lifestyle so I did a little bit of research on my own to to find out if that was true. <laughs> and I, I found in scripture something that was overwhelmingly true, and it was this, that God never stops. And if the Holy Spirit is, you know, our advocate in the sense of he, the Holy Spirit reveals to us the nature of God, and God never stops, and the Holy Spirit is just like God. I hope you're following me then as we are in the, with the Spirit and the Spirit's in us, then we never have to stop either. So I believed him at that point. I was like, okay, so the nature of God is that he never stops and he never gives up and he lives inside of me. So I, should, I guess I should experience that same thing as well. But what I also learned in my research is that there are moments in the scripture where God provides this almost holy pause, like... Imagine with me like when you step into the ocean and you feel like that pullback, like the undertow, right before the wave crashes again, or like the pulling back of an arrow inside of a bow, you know, like that tension, that drawing back. There's that all throughout the scripture, the drawing back, the pause before the forward motion. And what I found was that the drawing back was as much a part of the momentum as the forward motion. And this is their moment. This is Israel's moment. They're standing on the edge, they're walking through, and they're having that holy pause of a moment where they're like, is God going to fight for us? Is he going to fight for us? And as they walked through, they got to see God. You know, they got to see him move on their behalf. It's like Moses said, what you see today, you'll see no more. If only you will just be silent and let God fight on your behalf. So they just walk through in faith, knowing that like we're just silent in the sense of like we're not turning around and fighting the battle for God. Like we're just trusting and we're moving forward in the way that God has given to us. And so I've learned that we as believers have to get so great at just hanging out with the Holy Spirit because we have to get really good at determining times and seasons. I know it talks about that in the scripture, how it's important for us to determine the times and the seasons because if we don't understand that there is a holy pause in the midst of some seasons of momentum, we will do what I've done many times in my past, which is like jump ship. So... The arrow's pulling back, and I'm like, it's the tension. Bye. See you later. Right. 
because I'm not able to determine or discern that this is actually the presence of God bringing me into tension. The presence will lead you to a place of pressing. It will lead you to a place that forces you to grow or to be launched, released. But if we give up as we're in the middle of the tension, then we'll be me on the edge of the shoreline with my little fire and my friends and never actually experience the fullness of freedom in my life, momentum in my life, because I've just given up. Like, I'm just here. And this is, this is all that it's supposed to be, I suppose. So here are a few things. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Three things to anticipate in the midst of this spiritual momentum, the mystery of momentum. And the first is this. Momentum guarantees that the enemy will build an attack against you. It makes me very sad to hear any sort of preaching that would draw you away from the understanding that the devil is very real. And the reason is because if we don't believe that he exists, then he's like real happy. What I'm not saying is that I, I don't love focusing on the devil because God's way more beautiful. But here is the reality. The devil is real and he does not want you to live in the full abundant life that God has made a way for you to live. And he will do whatever it takes to keep you from that life. He can't do anything about your salvation, really, because you've chosen Jesus already. Although he might try. Um, but what he will do is he will invite you into things like compromise. He will have you isolate yourself from connection, community, authority, especially, um, the enemy in our, for our generational, like millennials, I'm speaking to you as a millennial, but like we would do real good for ourselves if we would just get under right authority and not be afraid of it. I mean, Let's be honest, there has been opportunities in our past that somebody has probably squandered. But that does not mean we have to build our little campsite on the edge of the Red Sea and say, like, I guess this is just where I'm going to live. This is as much as I'm going to get. Like, God has made for us breakthrough in the context of this community, family, what we're doing all here today, this morning. And the enemy will work really hard to get you out of those kind of things or to, to you know, violate your own boundaries, basically. And then you'll, you'll build up a case of shame against yourself and say, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I can't do any of these things. And that's basically just you building camp on the shoreline. That's what that is. And the enemy's really happy for you to live there. He's not omnipresent, so I'll give you like one little thing that'll just throw you into a tizzy and you'll just keep yourself building your own little fire right there. You know, that's just, he's not omnipresent. God is omnipresent and he's like with you every step of the way and he's like, get off the shoreline, come with me. That's what's so great. That's what's so great about the presence. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. So this is the first thing. The momentum guarantees that the enemy will build an attack against you. So we have to get really good, like I said, at discerning what's going on, you know, hanging out with the Holy Spirit, you know, praying, fasting, all of those things. Here's number two. 
Momentum thrives in a place of rest. Verse 13, I'm going to read it again, says, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. So I would suggest that momentum continues in our lives as we give ourselves permission to rest. This is also a really great, like, if only, I think in outline form. Does anybody else think in outline form, like, when you're taking notes? Anybody write notes in outline form? Nope, just me. So if I could, it would, the two would kind of be like point A underneath the one. Because this is actually, it, it was so big it deserved its own point, but... It goes along with this. The enemy will run you ragged, basically. It'll just over-exhaust you emotionally. Not just physically, but emotionally. It'll exhaust you to the point of never... You never feel like you have time to commune with the Holy Spirit, you know? Like, you're always doing something. You're always hanging out with somebody. You're always pursuing some sort of something. What I'm not saying is that rest means to stop working. That's not what I mean. Rest is like an internal state of being. Rest is like the dove, you know, that descended on Jesus and didn't want to move. That's rest. Jesus did a whole lot. I'm sure if we were following him around today, he would be continually moving and we'd be like, Jesus, can we please just take a nap? And he's like, I just feel so full. Why? Because he had this internal state of rest. And there's something that happens when we get to a place of rest, and that is we can actually quiet ourselves long enough to be thankful for where we are. The enemy loves to attack gratitude because gratitude is like that, that presence in between the Israelites and the Egyptians. That's what gratitude is. It's that fire that keeps the enemy from being able to press to you because gratitude is like, no matter where I'm at, I just say thank you. And it like, it's like the presence is here, you know? So there's, I, I, I almost made it the whole message without giving a mom analogy, but here we go. So when, <laughs> so when I was uh, in labor with my second, Remy, there we had a very quick labor. My first was like 40 hours long. It was very weird. But I got my kid at the end of it. It was amazing. So there was a story in that one. But in this one, it relates to this point. So I'll tell you this story. So Remy, uh, we were, I didn't really know I was in labor for a long time, which is a, a wonderful thing. So you like are in labor, but you don't really know. And then you like get to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're about to have a baby. That was basically my experience with Remy. It was wonderful. So right towards the end of labor, um, I had this crazy thing happen. And I've, as I did research, I found that this is a very normal thing to happen to some women as they're in labor. Labor to me personally is a way that God speaks to me because it is one of the most beautiful pictures of like love and surrender. When I was in labor with my second kid, I, I literally was like imagining Jesus on the cross and I'm like, I'm with you, I'm with you. It was wonderful, it was amazing. Because <laughs> I knew he'd experienced, you know, I knew it. I knew it. He was there with me. So, but I had this moment 
And I found out that it is very common uh, among women who are given a lot of space and permission to just labor however they want to. And it's this, right before the pushing phase where the baby actually comes out, um, there's this pause. There's this pause in labor. So imagine you're like in pain for an extended amount of time and then all of a sudden there's like this pause. And there's a stop. And some women have a hard time in this area because what they do is they think themselves out of labor. So they'll stall out because they get afraid that something pauses. It's weird how the body responds like this. It's very much the same in the spirit. So you'll, you'll like react to it and be like, oh, and then some women stall out. But and then others, they kind of like just have this pause and it's like this euphoric time. It's like five minutes with no contractions. Imagine like... You're in the most intense pain of your life, and then five minutes, there's nothing. You're just resting. And I remember hearing my midwife in the midst of that because I could actually hear her at that point. I wasn't just in my own world. And she was like, oh, she was telling the other midwife, we're about to have a baby. And how strange. How strange that she would say that unless she knew really well that every time this happens, there's about to be a birth. There's about to be breakthrough. It's about to be, you're about to experience what you've been waiting for. It's it's very interesting. (laughs) But I experienced this, and sure enough, sure enough, as soon as that five minutes was over, the next contraction, there was Remy. There she was. She was so tiny. She's still tiny. She's really cute. So the, the popular term for this in the, like, midwife culture is, the, it's, they call it rest and be thankful. And it's this moment where you can choose to rest and be thankful and meet your baby, or you can push against it and prolong your labor. There's two options. And I think that's probably where some of us are in the room right now. I just, I feel it that we're in this place of like the holy pause. And I feel like God wants to remind you that all you have to do is rest and be thankful. You don't have to work for the breakthrough, just rest and tell him, thank you. Thank you that I've made it this far with you, Jesus. Thank you that you've never turned your back on me. Thank you that you fight my battles for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, and here's the final point, point number three. Momentum is a prophetic declaration that the Lord will bring you through to the other side. And that is the same thing with this holy pause. Let it be your prophetic declaration that the Lord is about to bring you through. He's about to bring you through to the other side. You're not stuck unless you've chosen to stop moving. The Holy Spirit, God, He's always moving. The current of the presence is always moving. He never stops. Momentum doesn't stop. We just sometimes do. Because in the midst of that tension, we're like, out, 
out of the flow. I don't want to, no, I want to just set up camp here that's a more comfortable, like, it's all good. I'm just going to stay right here. But I'm here to remind you, you're not stuck. We're not stuck. We're not stuck. God's always moving. You might be in the holy pause. You might be at the shoreline of your greatest breakthrough where the Lord has a mighty plan to drown all of your enemies. You might be right there, but you're not stuck. Don't set up camp around your disappointments. Don't set up a camp. Let your disappointment be a prophetic declaration that God is about to bring you through. He's about to be your deliverer. He never stops. He never gets tired. He never quits. He's like, ready to go. That's God. He's ready to go. So in verse 29, one of my favorite parts of this whole story, it is said that the east wind blew all night. All night. So that means there was a little bit of time between when there was the Red Sea parting and breakthrough and when they were just on the shoreline. And in that moment, I wonder how the Israelites felt. They were probably a little bit scared. And if you're in that moment, it's okay for you to feel a little bit afraid. Like, don't discredit your emotions. It's okay for it to feel intense. But the reality is that God is moving. The wind blew all night, and then the seas parted. I can't wait to see that video in heaven. It's going to be amazing. Because now we know, you know, the end of the story. So what if in your darkest moment, what if that moment is right now? I don't know. You could be in the midst of like some serious momentum in your life, like the felt part of momentum, not the drawback. But what if right now, if you are in a dark place, that God is actually working in you your greatest season of breakthrough? What if? What if? What if? This morning we have the opportunity to ask him, to ask him about it, to ask the Holy Spirit about it. And if you would stand with me as we're closing this morning. We can't live a life with, of momentum without the Holy Spirit. Momentum builds, momentum shifts. Momentum doesn't stop. We stop because we're human sometimes, and that's okay. But the momentum is still happening, and we can jump into the middle of it whenever we want to. All it takes is a word. With a word from God, you're fearless. You're fearless. All you need is a word from heaven. So if you could with me this morning, I just, I want us to take a moment, and I want us to hear from heaven. Just quiet your heart. God, where have we camped on the shoreline when you're inviting us into momentum? God, we repent for those places that we've stopped 
because we want to just go where you're going. We want to do what you're doing. If you feel that you are in a season where you're experiencing that holy pause or you feel like I've totally jumped out of the ship or I've jumped out of the bow of God, release, then let me remind you of something that Lyle says often, which is if you feel stuck, go back and do the last thing that God asked you to do because you could have set up camp on the edge of a shoreline that God was inviting you into some breakthrough. That's why we say that. Do the last thing that God asks you to do if you feel stuck. Because the reality is we're not stuck. We're just humans learning how to journey with the Holy Spirit. So. (laughs) If you're in here and you haven't met Jesus yet, you've never known his goodness or you've been far from him for a long time, I want to pray with you this morning and with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you this morning want to recommit your life to Jesus, if you have camped on the shoreline of even his presence and said, I don't want to go further with you, Jesus, or if you've never met him before, just could you be so bold to raise your hand this morning? I want to pray with you. I want the whole family to wait as we pray with you. I see you. I see you. Now, family, if we could pray this all together with every eye closed, just repeat after me. Jesus, you are the way. And today, I commit my heart to you. I repent of anything that holds me back from you. I believe that your blood is enough and that it brings me salvation and that because of it, I have eternal life with you. Let's just give Jesus a round of applause this morning. Thank you, Pastor Allison. Let's give Allie a round of applause as well. That was wonderful. You guys, I am so encouraged just being here on Sunday. I told the first service, this is literally my favorite day of the week. (laughs) So awesome to be here. And so we want to thank you all for coming. And I just wanted to say that during worship, I got this picture and we were singing about reaching out to Jesus. And I got a picture of the Father reaching down to us and just like a dad like reaches down and picks up the kid and like whoosh and throws in the air and catches him I felt like the Lord was saying that our momentum can look like us reaching up and then him launching us and knowing that every single time he's gonna catch us and so as we go through our week this week if there are things where you're like yeah I'm in that tension I'm in that place with I don't want to be stuck I'm trying not to be stuck what just reach up for Jesus Reach up for him, and he's going to reach down, and he's going to launch you. So ministry team, if you would please come forward. If there's anything that you would like prayer for, if you need healing in your body, we would love to pray with you, to stand with you, believe with you for that. And then don't forget that we have We Are Nashville this Saturday at 1030, and then also Baptism Sunday. So we'll see you next week.